a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I'm your host, Brandon Thomas. This episode got interesting. Uh, we talk about the disclosure movement with uh, amazing filmmaker Darcy Ware, as well as uh, exopolitical activist Stephen Bassett uh, on the show today. So um, it, it got interesting. We do talk about the disclosure movement, uh, what that looks like. Uh, we have a difference of opinion. Got a little heated, not going to lie, but it all worked out great because we are all adults just discussing ideas so you guys check this out links to these gentlemen will be in the show notes you guys enjoy the show we are very very glad to welcome darcy Ware and stephen bassett to the show thank you guys so much for joining us tell the audience a little bit about yourself gentlemen who's going first uh, i guess I'll, I'll take a shot at it yeah so thanks for having me brandon brandon yes sir. um I have been researching the extraterrestrial visitation question for probably about 10 years now. I started in 2010. Um, I've produced about six documentaries, six to seven documentaries on that subject matter. And I just finished my second Sasquatch related documentary uh, end of last year it was released in November and um, Stephen Bassett is a friend and colleague now uh, he's been featured in two of my documentaries so he was in Being Aiken which is a I call it the definitive documentary on the abduction phenomenon um, if people wanted a crash course in the history of that sort of phenomenon in the ufology world, uh, they can check that out on 2 TV. It's pretty, it's free, easy to check out. Um, and he's also in my latest doc, um, Volcanic UFO Mysteries. And that documentary centers around really strange ufo sightings that have happened around latin america at active volcano sites and uh jaime mauson uh is also featured in that documentary basically profiling all these incredible events that have happened in more modern history surrounding these active volcanoes and mass witness sightings and uh Stephen Bassett's along for the ride, talking about his activism in the disclosure arena, trying to end the truth embargo, and um, and and just talking about the history of the 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 whole phenomenon. And it's it's been great working on these documentaries. I kind of consider myself now 
after hanging out with Stephen Bassett too long, a uh, activist somewhat, because I want disclosure too. I really want to wake up one day and read in my news feed on my phone, not in the newspaper, uh, different times, different folks, but I'm, I'd like to read, you know, the Pentagon and so on and so far, forth wants everybody to know we're not alone and the president's going to be doing a press conference uh, later today and uh, to tell us more. You know, that's that would be the, that would be amazing. That would vindicate a lot of people that have been studying this phenomenon for a long time. And um, hopefully, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy and Neil deGrasse Tyson can step the hell out of the way and uh, and open their minds to the idea that we are being visited. But the information was suppressed for a long time. You know, I've got a lot of. Uh, th- thank you, Darcy. You're you're awesome. Love your films, by the way. I uh, watched The Underground uh, for probably the fifth time uh, the other night and just got a better handle on it because I've been a fan of the uh, Dumbs and the uh, Phil Schneider for a long time, man. I've been looking into that story since that 95 interview that he gave at that uh, Enterprise um, conference in 95. But uh, Mr. Bassett, what's, what's your story, man? What you got? You're a legend. We all know you, but for our audience, mm-hmm. go ahead. So Darcy says he's been hanging around with me and he's becoming an activist. Okay, fine. Keep hanging around with me and you become a procrastinator with attention deficit disorder. Right. So there's, there's, a, ups, there's a downside and an upside to that game. Um, basically, what I do is I video bomb documentaries. Um, I'll just suddenly appear in them and nobody knows where the hell I came from. You do it well. Footage. Yeah, I have people hired that just slipped to their studios, you know, these doc producer studios and slip some footage into the damn thing and then it turns up later and it's too late to take it out so um and it's and it's all all for one reason it's to build up my imdb page right because you're only as good as your imd page and how many twitter followers you have otherwise you're not worth shit so um but for those that don't know that secret uh i am a political activist an exopolitical activist a disclosure advocate i'm not a researcher that's much too hard work I want to be a documentarist. I've taken two runs at it. Both of them went nowhere, but you never know. I've been assiduously studying Da Vinci Resolve 16, which is far more complicated than any physics course I ever took in my life. Uh, but I'm making progress. Um, and what I do is I take the, the, the efforts of all the journalists in the genre. Notice how well I pronounce genre you didn't you know uh, and the uh yeah yeah it's like uh I, I went to france once um and uh the documentarists the researchers all those people i take their stuff and i digest it and i use it to try to piss them off okay basically. how's that how's that working out okay I, um and 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 how does that how does that happen uh, everything I've done since the day I entered the field in 96 was to end the truth embargo, right? which is the government's pulling uh, of the, the truth of an ET presence from the American people, along with so many other things. Uh, and I thought it would take about five years. It's taken 24. Okay. I was off. It's okay. Fortunately, I lived long enough to be wrong. So you never know. Uh, but uh, we're close. So that's my job. In the truth embargo. 
So uh, that is an activist movement. It's actually been going on for 70 years. Seven, well, really 70 years, because I think there were people even as early as 49, 50. We had, who had Kehoe. Sort yeah. of heard something, maybe saw that, that press release that uh, Blanchard put up, had, uh, had uh, uh, Marcel put up. And realize something's going on here. Plus, you no, know, there were sightings going on, and they and they early on. I'm sure they were calling up the Air Force or whatever, and starting to get it. Hmm, what's going on here? So there was that was the early activism. So in a sense, it's been going on for 70 years, but it didn't really get going until 92, 93. It's a long story. So that's what I do: political activist. My job is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Um, and the issue I'm involved in, as it happens, I had no idea the first 49 years of my life that I would find myself in this place. It just happened to be maybe the most important issue in history. What can I say? If you're going to pick something, you know, it's not like clear, you know, uh, trying to get the local local landfill move somewhere. Right. I mean, that's activism too. And I, and I totally support it, but this is an issue of cosmic, cosmic proportion. I am in the middle of it. Believe me, you have no idea what the odds of that were. Um, and so that's what I do. And um, as it happens, I believe we're almost at the finish line. And later on, I'll be telling you why and also what my plans are, which I have just recently formulated, I think this morning, actually. Finally, after 11 months of, of being quarantined, of having no no interaction with physical beings, uh, watching enormous amounts of streaming sci-fi, uh, taking a lot of supplements and other things to stay sane. I finally figured out what I'm going to do. So I look forward to telling you that. So we have the, we have the exclusive, exclusive scoop on that then. Sort of. Okay. Yes. We'll take it. I'll take a partial scoop. That's fine, man. Uh, I'm looking Until forward to hearing 9 it. PM tonight. <clears throat> right. Yeah. We got a We got a timeline here. I, you know, I've got a lot of thoughts on the disclosure movement and I'd, I'd like to know uh, a few things cause I, I really want to talk about uh, some underground bases and things like that. But to be honest with you, this show can go anywhere we want. I've got a list of things, but I'm pretty versed in the, in the uh, phenomena subject. Uh, so we could talk about it however you'd like. I, the 2001 disclosure movement with the National Press Club that Greer put on um, was revolutionary. And Robbie Graham and I, do you guys know who Robbie is? Yeah. Okay, Silver Screen Saucers. Great guy. Great guy. We, we talked a little bit about how we were both extremely excited about that movement and how, you know, that was at the dawn of the internet age. And so it wasn't something you had to buy at a UFO conference or something. It was immediate. It was some people's first exposure to the UFO phenomena. And it's something that we all got excited about. Now, I, I've got a deep... <laughs> distrust for the officials revealing anything legitimate and and any truth in any sense of the word. I think that the phenomena would do better to leave government and military out of it and just to go like it's been doing for some would argue the beginning of time from a ground up level, starting with the humans here and then working its way up and leaving the government and the military out of it altogether. Because I, I, I have serious trust issues with any type of disclosure being what's really going on if it is ever revealed by the U.S. government. It, it, to me, seems well, like it, I'm done. My <laughs> job is over. Are you out? <laughs> I, basically, you've just convinced me there's nothing I, there's nothing left for me to do. I'm going to. I'm going to join the circus or no, not, I can't do it. What can I do? <laughs> can, I can, Darcy, help me. Well, what you've been I to do? France. I mean, you can do like the trapeze or something. I like have that. been to France. Yeah. I've, been to, I've been to Russia. I've been to France. I've actually been to 24 countries telling them 
that what you just said is not possible is very possible. Right. Well, right. so and, why didn't not, you tell me that before I left? <laughs> <laughs> not that it's not possible, just that I don't trust if they do say, okay, yes, UFOs are real. They finally admit something that is witnessed by millions of people all throughout, throughout time. We, we've all seen this. UFOs are something. The phenomena is something. Now, what that is, honestly, I don't think we know. I mean, there's so many, there's so many things associated with it. Darcy, you, of all people, know the the Bigfoot element of it, the the craft element of it, the interdimensional, uh, you know, the beings. I mean, there's so many things that are wrapped up into the phenomena that I don't know that I necessarily will trust the guy that's been lying to us forever and the government that's been lying to us forever when they stand up behind a podium on TV and say, okay, here it is. We've got it. Uh, you know, so what, what can, what makes you think differently, Stu? No, Darcy should go first. Darcy, what makes you, uh, what makes me wrong about this? Well, I don't know if you're wrong. That's the thing. Like I might be on your side here. Um, I also distrust the government. I, I don't feel like it's, it's the government per se. I believe it's military industrial complex that really takes the blame for this. You know, Roswell happened 1947. We got uh, Jesse Marcel coming out and saying it was a weather balloon. And, you know, prior to that in the newspaper, they said the, the military said we had a crash craft. So that was the beginning of the lie. And we've been constantly told since then there's nothing to see here by the military. Um, and the government just follows suit. You know, the government, the president is a four year or, or a two term public figure. And the military is there for the show. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they're controlling the story because they, they have so much invested into it already and they know that they're going to be around longer. Um, I do agree that I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical. I mean, to the stars Academy may be seen as some kind of savior, but in the end it was somebody from department of defense that gave them that information, yes. right. For them to leak. And the question is why? You know, why now? And the the reasons could be plentiful. The reasons could be they know that we're too, we're beyond, you know, the point of being lied to anymore. They may be trying to win back a little bit of trust, um, trying to, you know, I mean, you probably cover all kinds of uh, theories on this show. And I've said it before, um, I think flat earth theory and QAnon are probably the two most paranoid and retarded <laughs> conspiracy theories out there. Right. Okay. Um, they basically, and I don't mean to insult you or your fans. I don't know where you sit on those, but, um, you know, the truth about us being visited by a possible intelligent extraterrestrial race and being interacted with, that is super logical. Um, and the, you know, when people start bringing up these other theories, I believe it's a symptom of being so paranoid and so distrusting of 
the information that's out there from our school systems, from our mass media, that people are just completely making up their own mind on what reality is. And yes, to some degree, we live in a matrix. The matrix is not us like pretending or being uh, told that we're living a reality that's not true um, and, and like being jacked into some real like system. The matrix is just the fact that we're all being programmed to act and think a certain way. And, you know, just like a computer um, that takes programming language, humans take programming language as well. And it's even more prevalent today than ever before. Back in the 90s and 1950s and 60s, when the UFO wave was hitting, you had to listen to your radio, right? Everybody sat in the living room and listened to a radio broadcast and that's how they were programmed. And now it's on your phone, on, you know, the radio, on TV, uh, online. And so you, you can get information a lot quicker. And I think uh, some people that have been at the head of this charge in the you know, disclosure movement have been deprogramming a lot of people from thinking that we're alone and that um, we're, we're basically floating in this boring cosmic ocean of life that they're, that we're the only ones. Right. Um, so why would the government come forward and start, or the military, for example, come forward and start trying to control this um, this narrative in terms of disclosure? Because they're the ones that have been collecting all of the data since day one. You know, anything, any nugget of information that we've gotten, whether it's whistleblowers or, uh, you know, the Black Vault collecting redacted, uh, declassified documents through Freedom of Information Act, any of that comes from the, the many different agencies that defend the United States. And if it doesn't come from them, it comes from other uh, national security agencies from other countries like Canada or Mexico. You know, they've done it too. Brazil, uh, France has released their UFO documents in the past, right? So we rely on the military because the real question is, are they, is this knowledge a threat to the way that our, our way of life is run right now? Right. And that's, that's been the question since day one on this. If you look at the, the uh, executive order that Eisenhower signed in 1952 it basically states any information that may destabilizing to our geopolitical and geoeconomic system must be suppressed from the public. But you don't feel like it's just as it's just an element, just like the Robertson panel uh, in 53. They, they recommended that the, because of mass hysteria, whether they posed a threat or not, they were worried about our mental capability of handling this as a as a collective psychologically but don't you think any type of disclosure even though now that the cat's out of the bag and that the nimitz you know the tic-tac crafts come out you've got 
mountains of evidence and guys like me and you and Mr. Bassett know, of course there's something there. Of course there is. But it's could it be possible that any type of disclosure that they put forward is just another form of perception management where it, it's it, just... It, I, a hundred percent, it's going to be, uh, you know, driven by their own agenda. Um, but it still is a win because it vindicates all these people that have been saying for so long that there's something here. Um, why isn't anybody paying attention to this? Well, people and are paying prime, attention. I, yeah, a lot, a lot of people are, but not like oh, there's 350 million people in your country right and the people that are paying attention are a very small minority let me tell you a lot of them are listening and watching the kardashians right now okay oh yeah that's yeah. more we, important we battle this intellectual line all the time and you know the people who want to be woken up are woken up and the people who aren't just aren't uh so let me ask you a question mr bassett what what does disclosure look like what's your ideal situation Wait a minute. You already asked an earlier question. I got to answer that first. Oh, apologies. Okay. Apologies. Okay. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, let me, in as, in as few words as possible, wage your angst. Okay. Because that's what it is, to be honest. It's it's an inquisitive right. angst that just, yeah. angst, yeah. that's right, the French. It's <laughs> angst in Europe and angst over here because okay. we like to analyze these high things in English language. Yes, we do. Uh, first of all, the resolution of the ET issue is not about any of the other phenomena. There's, there's no law that says we have to resolve all the phenomena in order to move forward on the central phenomena that we're interested in, which is the ET phenomena. It has nothing to do with Loch Ness Monster. It has nothing to do with ghosts, electronic voice right, experiences, um, Sasquatch, and all the ones that you could probably think of, all right? It has nothing to do with that. It's only about the extraterrestrials, period. Everything is over there, right? So... None of those are resolved. Does it matter? The question is, what's the ET issue? In a few words, it's this simple. The government about the ET presence no later than 47 July. They had the Foo Fighters during the war. There might have been a crash at Gerardo before the war. So they might have had something. But I think anything prior to 47 was extremely contained and probably didn't know what the hell to do with it. But by 47, absolutely. They had a vehicle, they had bodies, and they knew it was it was real. So they'd known since 47, okay? They sequestered it for national security reasons. I'm not going to argue with that. Legal? And that was the policy. And it was a major issue for them. It was a serious matter. They took it every bit as serious as their nuclear weapon secrets. So you had about as much chance of finding out what they knew about ETs as you did getting the launch codes for a nuclear weapon. It wasn't going to happen. And hey, there were a lot of people that wanted that information. And they tried to get it, and they didn't have a snowball's chance. All right? But I admire the ones that did make an effort. I'm so glad I wasn't them. Right? After the Cold War ends 92, the door really opens, because the, the Cold War and the nuclear arms race and the threat of nuclear war was the principal barrier to, to going forward at all on resolving the ET issue internally. I get it. And then in 92, the door opened, 93. And a lot has happened since then. I got in in 96. Right, and only five years later, you had the press conference at the National Press Club. Mm -hmm. So, am I? Was I disappointed that we didn't suddenly get this thing resolved in the in the mid nineties? No, I'm not surprised. I and mean, the truth embargo had been going on for forty four years. 
So, and it, and it still was legal. Now, the truth embargo means that they're not going to acknowledge the ET presence, and they do not want that information out, which may will intervene, they will interfere with civilian work, they will put out misinformation and so forth, which they did with Russians. They misinformed them all the time. Nobody had a problem with that, right? Most people have no idea how close they came to being turned into nuclear waste, okay? So, since 93, the, the real activism gets going and develops. I entered in 96, thought it would be a slam dunk, particularly when Greer turned up at the, well, put his program together, which I, which I had a part in. It wasn't a big part. I was there. I watched it. I was, I was there in the hotel afterwards when we got word. It was sent to me, interestingly enough. Well, it actually, it was given to me from uh, Fred, uh, Ted Koppel's uh, tech guy, who was a big supporter of ours, that they wanted to interview some of our witnesses. And so we passed that to Greer. He came back with a list. We sent it back to Koppel. And we're rocking and we're rolling. Okay. I mean, that, that's, that was the culmination of my first five years. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm just seeing the whole thing. I just, the, the room was filled with reporters, 17 camera crews, international coverage, all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, this is what we've been aiming for. We're rocking. Okay? But history is dangerous. Let me tell you, trust me. Particularly back in the Middle Ages. Very dangerous. Two months later, as I call it, the Saudi Arabian Flying Circus came to town. And any further development of the disclosure process was gone. Toast. Finished. Okay. Big set. Go. So as the years go by, two things are happening. The activist is, I mean, a number of things are happening. This movement is getting stronger. Technology is getting better for us. Right. Uh, the public awareness, the idea of disclosure is growing. The public awareness of the idea of flying saucers is expanding. To hundreds of millions and only billions of people, I assure you that even if you, you could go to the friggin' Amazon jungle, well, maybe not the Amazon jungle, but you go almost anywhere in this world and start to people and say, you know what a UFO is? But in their language, maybe opening. Of course, they know. It's 90% of the world's population know what a UFO is, and at least that much know what extraterrestrial means. That's massive penetration. So that's all happened, right? And meanwhile, the government, has continued to maintain the truth embargo, but the maintenance of that truth embargo has become increasingly, how would you say, mm, less effective and at times embarrassing. So in other words, we're winning. It's just taking so long. That's what's happening. Okay, now, you made a very good point. After 70 years of, 74 years, of the government having to maintain this this lie, you could call it, legal lie. Why should we necessarily believe anything they would say? Well, that's where the activists and the researchers come in. See, after, I'm going to take you from 47 to uh, 2017, a nice, convenient 70 years, perfect 70 years. All of the work that the researchers have done the journalistic coverage, the podcast, the website, that people focusing on the issue have given us a pretty good idea of what's what. We're not, we just didn't fall off the boat. I mean, get off the boat, right? And so now if the government says something, we are very capable of going, that, that sounds right. 
that's legit or that's BS. Okay. So that's one thing. But still, I expect people to be wary. But that's where the last three years comes in. Because in a, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to get into this in depth. But what happened in 2017, which was supposed to happen in 2016, is that we got the final confirmation in October of 2017 with the launch of the To The Stars Academy. It confirmed something that I'd already pretty much got the idea. I, I kind of knew what was going on. I just didn't have the names and the, and, and the specifics, though I had a good idea, that a major development had taken place. The, a number of people inside the military con, uh, complex itself had achieved a, 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 a level sufficient that a group within the Department of Defense, with, I think, support from people in the CIA, and maybe the Navy, maybe Lockheed Martin, whatever, felt that the truth embargo needed to end, and they were going to try to help out. Literally, help out. And they had two choices. They could start releasing <laughs> classified information, right? Sending, you know, you know, uh, anonymous emails and stuff to the New York Times or whatever, like, and, and risk and <laughs> risk going to prison or losing their retirement uh, or being total disgrace on their family, which they weren't going to do. Or, and this is the genius of what they did, we will support the creation of a non-governmental organization filled with careerists from the military intelligence complex, no longer under government payroll, who will set up what turned out to be a public service corporation, raise some money, have a nice mission statement involving this issue related, so forth, including entertainment, all that. Put a, a millennial rock, well, it's not a millennial, but a Gen X rock musician, very popular, with no government ties, and kind of as the front person, will put that out there, and that organization will do the things that we can't do. And knowing, while a lot of people will go, what in the hell is going on here, right? <laughs> Who is Tom DeLong? Blink-182, bro. What is going on here? What's my, yeah, what's right. my age again? And, and uh, I said the skateboarders would have known. They would have known. And they, what, and, but that a lot of people like moi, and I think you and Darcy and many others, will sort of get it. All right? We'll sort of get it. And what we got, well, at least what I got for sure, is that there is no way in hell the To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which we now call the To The Stars Academy, because the last three things are really not... It's unnecessary. Yeah. And uh, which we actually call this TTSA. TTSA, okay? Could not exist unless the support was back behind it. You got three, you got four intelligence level people in there, two, two career CIA guys, right? You know, a political operator... And they're just going to do this and, 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 and get away with it if they don't, if the, if the military intelligence complex doesn't want it. They've got them tied up on non-disclosure agreements. They've got them tied up on, on class, their, their, their service classification status. They follow them very closely. They have dossiers on every single one of them. They know the girlfriends they had in junior high school. And so if they want them not to do that, boom, they bring the hammer down. It's done. They just step back and let it go. Well, I say step back. Whoever in there knew about it, step back. When it was launched in October of 2017, nobody saw it coming except the group inside backing them. 
The Navy didn't know. The Air Force didn't know. The Department of Defense didn't know. Why? Because they weren't told in advance. Because they're backed by a group that supports them. Not the entire military intelligence complex. If they had announced well ahead of time, there have been plenty of people within that complex that would have been gotten together over dinner and said, we're going to stop this. So they announced it. They found out when it was launched, it was too late, which is why the Department of Defense uh, Public Relations Office got all tangled up in bogus responses. They didn't know. They're like, what? You know, so John Greenwald's calling up and say, well, what about this? And what about that? And they're like, I, I don't know. I, I never heard of it. Yet. So it's, it was cool. But that confirmed, again, what we were able to ascertain. So at that moment, we know that an element within government is actually trying to help, really, for the first time in a way. There had been efforts in the past from inside people to do something here and something there. Sometimes they got their wrist slapped. I can tell you a few things of that. Usually it stopped, but they kind of made an effort, but nothing like this. And of course, just the fact that they launched, okay, no big deal, but what are they going to do? Right? What are they going to do to convince me that this isn't some silly? Now, is this a, 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 a shallow maneuver by people that don't have the, the wherewithal to finish it? Took only 60 days. New York Times early on, almost right away, handed them a major, three or four major stories, including a number of witnesses. Right. And three con camera clips from F-18 intercepts, which had never been formally released by the U.S. government or any government in the world. Never happened. Now, a lot the average person would go, hey, gun camera, what, 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 who could, I don't know. What does it mean? I don't know. They could have faked it. It, it. it could be Steven Spielberg. What They don't know. People like me know. Plenty of people knew the implications of that. And then the New York Times vetted it. Intent, which is what the New York Times does. It's a major journalistic enterprise. All right. Currently, there are people that think it's some sort of a front or something or fake news. Uh, they are misinformed. And put the stories on the front page of the New York Times, two stories, and the gun camera footage up on their Internet, now seen by hundreds of millions of people. That's all I needed to know. Absolutely real. And everything they have done since and everything they have put forward has been supported. It's been attacked. It's been questioned. It's held up. Except for the idiot debunker skeptics who, who just say whatever the hell they want. Screw them. All right? And so we are in a totally different place. And my job is to get that point across, which is why I've done, well, I have now either done or booked 42 podcasts. I, uh, I plan on doing every podcast related to the subject in the United States this year. Awesome. Good way to go. I forget about how it. many of you are. Yeah, yeah. Right There's probably quite a few. Uh, it's a good way to go. You're gonna be busy. No yeah. problem. Oh, I just got nothing this, else to do in Texas alone, brother. Um, so, uh, and and this is the thing. I'm I'm with you. I'm optimistic as hell. Um, I'm very excited about it. even even the fact they're acknowledging this. And of course, New York Times, Leslie Keen's article. Uh, of course, you've got uh, all the all the information coming out about it, and at some sort of official level, even with the Pentagon releasing 
you know, papers saying that we live in a holographic universe. I think that's way more intriguing. But no, that's uh, it's, no, it's still that's cool. Nothing new with it's it's still fun. But and so here look, look. and this is the this is the part that I like about it. Um, you're you're very focused on this this goal and this game is the yeah. ET element of it, which I'm all about, man. Yes, tell me what it is. At least tell me this part of it, right? And and yes, there is all sorts of ancillary type of things associated with the phenomena. I'm I'm happy that you've got you've got this one direct focus, and I think it's a good one. I think it's a great one. So let me ask you this: uh, Do you think then now that now that we've gotten that done, is what do you think they are? What do you what do you want? Okay, I'll ask you in two phases. Number one, what do you think that's happening? Number two, if you had a choice for any of it to be possible. Any scenario you can think of. So we'll go, we'll play the what if game. Uh, what do you, what do you think is going on and what do you prefer is going on if that's not the case? <laughs> well, I, I prefer that it be uh, a mass group of galactic doctors here to provide me with uh, neurological enhancements that will allow me to get an IQ of 200, extend my life about 45 years and do some serious improvement on my plumbing system. And I mean the whole thing, all right? That's what I really want. But look, 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 here here is what I have a pretty high confidence is going on. We have multiple uh, ET types engaging us. Uh, There are many numbers out there. I'm good with six, anything after six, what the hell, you know? Six, eight, 10, 20, what does it matter? It's more than one, but I think it's around six. Okay. We have a good idea of what they look like because they've abducted, or rather they have engaged millions of people around the world. Hundreds of thousands of them are recalling the memories, and art, some of them are artists, and they're painting them and drawing them, and you can actually find their images all over the internet. So we know what they look like. We know a lot of what they're doing with these contactees, so that's interesting. Okay, We've seen and photographed their, their, their craft all over the world. We have a good idea of what they look like, and we know how they perform, so we know that. They are not from this earth, period. They're not from this earth. People can believe that if they want. Hey, they're wrong. They're from other star systems. They're not from other dimensions. They're not from the future. Right? Because, well, I mean, there's a possibility, right? There's a possibility I'm going to win the Powerball lottery. But it's not likely, right? You start with the most logical thing. And now the government would love us to look into that whole future time travel thing that's my favorite and the interdimensional thing oh we could spend years and decades on that they'd love that (laughs) but i i I don't i don't fall for these (laughs) you know my job is not to fall for that bullshit right we live on a planet we evolved on into the intelligent species with computers and instant coffee there are billions of we already know there's way over a billion earth type planets in our gap not not just planets earth type planet okay so they're from there I'm sorry. It's compelling. So we know that. We know they've been engaging us for a long time because I've watched ancient aliens. I've watched about 100 of them. And and if you watch it long enough, you'll know that they were there back then. Now, that doesn't mean everything on those shows is going to hold up. I'm simply saying that the chances of all of that stuff being a misinterpretation of hieroglyphics, I don't think so. So I think they've been here for a long time, which makes total sense. We know they're here now. And the idea, well, they just showed up based on what? Well, you got their calendar, right? You, you've got their schedule through the last 8,000 years. So they've been here before. Right? That's, that's pretty solid. And we know a lot of the things they've done. We know about cattle mutilations. We know about crop circles. We know about nuclear weapons tampering, blah, blah, blah. We know a lot, all right? 
so when you ask me what I think is going on, that's what's going on. The only thing I will speculate on is agenda. Ultimately, their precise agenda, we can't possibly know without them telling us. And I, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Right? Uh, we can guess. We can make good guesses and bad guesses. There's a lot of bad guesses on the Internet, but then what else is new? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I believe that uh, I believe their their the modern engagement is based on the nuclear developments in 47, 45 to 47. I believe it's also based upon a whole range of other technological developments in our in our global civilization, unprecedented AI, environmental impact, picket. Right. This is so many things. We are living in an age of a multiplicity of technological threads that are exponentially evolving. And we're not. Okay, we're basically not. All right. So we're kind of like a, a seven-year-old child that is given one of those little pedal cars. Okay. And then when he's eight, he's given like an electric, what are those little electric kit cards? And then when he's nine, he can actually get in a real car. And then he does. And then at 10, he gets in a racing car. And then when he's 11, they just give him an airplane. Now, this kid's not going to make it to 12. Not going to happen. Because the tech that he's dealing with, he can't, he hasn't grown into it. We can't grow into this tech. The stuff we're doing is, we're, we're not ready for it, really. I'm not saying that some of us couldn't handle it. I'm just saying as a civilization, we're heading in, into, well, God knows what. Well, that's part of the reason I believe they're here. I also believe that there is a reason why they're allowing themselves to be seen so much because they, I think that is a reasonable assessment. If they didn't want to, you know, they would hide more. You know, they, they would be discreet. And then once we acknowledge their existence, <clears throat> I think open contact will follow in a short amount of time. Open contact leads to an actual engagement, open engagement. I don't know about any secret engagements. And open engagement literally puts us in the galactic politics. All right. I say galactic, near galactic politics, which is where we've been heading all along. Why does that make sense? Because there's multiple species. How do you think they're here? In, 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 in they're working with each other. So you have planets out there with that species working together. So the idea that we would end up working together is an absolute logical conclusion. All right. And so that, I think, without getting too crazy and wild, is going on. All right. And I can support that against any buddy out there that wants to say, no, that's not it. Here's what it really is. Okay. So I feel comfortable with that, but I'm prepared to change it at any moment. If I, if I, if I see something clearly different. All right. But I've been at this 24 years and that assessment is a result of 24 years of doing nothing, but looking at the big picture on this, not staring at a photo that needs to be proven to be real or not real. No, that's not my job. My job is not to, to, to stare at trees. My job is to look at the forest and find out how big it is, where, where it's going, where it's growing to, how tall, whatever. And that's what I do. And that's my answer to your question. Now, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Name me one thing that has emerged out of the TTSA or a response from the government to the TTSA without getting into silly statements from the DOD. I'm talking about technical stuff that you seriously question as being legitimate. 
Well, the the only reason that I even question this as being legitimate is just simply because it might be possible, just another psyop. It might be that, no, we don't have this wonderful utopia that's going to occur after disclosure simply because, and hear me out on this, this is where my thought goes on this. I will answer your question. Uh, is what if we're not some being brought up as some participant in this galactic federation? What if we're just a farm or what if we're just a reality show because of how they, number one, treat us and number two, and especially the experiencers, the abduction phenomenon is terrifying for most people, most people. Then also you look at how if, if the case is to be made that they are here to benefit humanity, how many wars have they seen us start? How many people go hungry constantly? How many times do they, and why the hell would they align with the psychopaths in our military who are suppre- number one, suppressing all of this? Number two, fighting all these senseless wars all around the world for global dominance. That's not, in my mind, that is not the mark of any type of civilization, let alone a few different varieties of entities coming here to benefit humanity to rise us to the next level. If anything, it, it shows more of this domination or this global control or that we are just a farmer resources to them, if anything at all. Now, I would love for them to have been here as, as everybody believes that they've been here through the beginning of humanity. And why then was Tesla so suppressed? And why don't we have free energy everywhere? Why are we living daily with these struggles and sufferings of technological means? There, there are ways they could flip a switch and we could have endless electricity for everybody. That's the kind of real help that they could be for us. Not this slow, maybe in the future we'll get something out of it. It, it. I come from it from a humanitarian type of a frustrated type of an element that if this is the case, and if we are about to get some great disclosure as far as, yes, they're here. Yes, they've got technology. They've been helping us all along. They've been going about it in a pretty shitty way, in my opinion. That's just how I feel about well, it. And I'm, also, sure that, I'm sure that the... Go ahead. I also, I feel that the, um, the, the, the two of the Stars Academy, nothing that we're being told is anything that they don't want us to know. And maybe if it is there, and maybe it's just our craft, maybe it's our shit that we develop based on crashed craft from the Roswell and like the Bob Lazar type of information. But also you look at, is this a global thing? Is this something all governments are privy to? Because I doubt that they would just come here just to talk to the U.S. or just to give us any type of superiority, because if that's the case, of course they would want disclosure now, because that's their next step. That's the next way that any government would want to have control is, okay, yeah, we've got the superiority. Yeah, we're parceling off uh, things where we've, we've got this information. We've got crash crafts. We've got everything. We have this great front man um, who used to sing for Blink-182. Now he's divulging all these secrets of the universe. It, to me, it, it doesn't resonate as hopeful as it does to you. And I love so- your optimism on it. I want to chime in here, if you don't mind. No, please, I'm not, Darcy. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. We're just talking. Okay. <laughs> I love yeah, this. No, this no, is a great... I, uh, I've honestly been wanting to ask it, somebody who knows these questions for a long time. So thank yeah, you, guys. Yeah, okay. You, know, well, you, you mean the 47 questions that you just tossed out? <laughs> so <laughs> go for it, Darcy. Well, they, 47 yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In order, Darcy. I'm going to need I've those got in the, order. I've got, I've got two responses. So first, I'm going to be devil's advocate and uh, side with you, Brandon, on the TTSA being kind of bogus. Um, you know, Stephen, you said name one release that they did that you didn't trust. And you even had in the paradigm research group newsletter, a breakdown of the episode regarding the Italian helicopter incident where um, it was profiled in unidentified 
the History Channel show that TTSA produced um, how this Italian army helicopter was supposedly shot by a UFO. And that's completely untrue. And investigators revealed uh, that are within this whole movement of researching the UFO phenomenon that it was a flock of birds or something that it was not a beam of light that came from some alien craft. And so that has me wondering, is the TTSA a medium or a vehicle for the military to drive a fear-mongering message about the UFO contact issue? Well, I raised the issue of, of threat. I think you got too far into threat on that on that show. Yeah. But what they put on that show it came from didn't come from them. It came from the Italians. Yeah. They fed them this baloney. And they, it was included in the show, but it wasn't coming from the TTSA. They didn't announce this. this is but part they, of the show. they produced a certain narrative, and that episode is called Planetary Threat. And the know? issue of threat is, 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 is not what I'm referring to, whether they're taking a threat scenario or a potential threat scenario. I'm talking about specific information that is not valid, because the issue here is, are they being mendacious or not? Yeah, but but the TTSA could have focused their time and money on instead of producing a show called Planetary Threat, they could have done a little bit of research and said Flock of Birds takes down. <laughs> yeah, that was just a little part <laughs> you know of the show. I mean? It was more in that show than that. That was just you're 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 focusing on a narrow slice of something. They, I'm not. I, I agree. Like that, they are doing something that needs to be done, and many people have come before them and will continue to be part of this disclosure process and tell stories about the phenomenon, but that was a bad one. And I, I don't think that gave me a distrust in what they're doing. So that's just my answer on that question, Stephen. All right. It came from your newsletter and, and I think you're, you're, you, you know, that it's not a bad uh, example, but then where do I think we're going with this and where, where do I wish we're going with, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of things to unpack there, and it's not a simple story. Uh, you know, if we look at all kinds of very provable accounts that have happened throughout history, you know, we look at the Westall 66 incident in Australia, over 200 mass, wit- like 200 witnesses, daylight sighting, possibly craft, one of them lands. Um, no one got abducted there, but, uh, no one got hurt either. And that was a government suppressed Australian government suppressed incident. Uh, if we look at the Voronezh, uh, UFO incident in Russia that happened in 1989, um, that had three beings land in Voronezh and, uh, walk around, do a bit of research, and then get back on their craft and take off. Again, a mass witness sighting, uh, you know, uh, police officers, children, all kinds of adults. Um, and those beings, one of them looked like a, a giant uh, robotic um, entity. Another one was a short, like literally robot with legs. And then another one was 
some kind of humanoid that was probably using artificial intelligence and robotics to get its job done when it did that touchdown. You look at the Pascagoula abduction uh, case of 1973, and these men said one of them was clearly a robot. One of them was clearly helping the humanoid do the abduction and do the analysis and then dump them, you know? And, um, and then you look at the crop phenomenon and how people have witnessed orbs creating the crop circles. Um, and you look at the certain UFO craft that look too small to really have some kind of occupant in them, but they, they are flying silent. They're, uh, moving beyond speeds that we could, uh, produce ourselves <clears throat> our own craft that we know of and um and and they're hovering around and then taking off so we've got basically a advanced extraterrestrial um race or races interfacing with us some of them probably are so far away but know of us and don't want to send a craft with occupants. So they might be sending artificially intelligent driven drones to observe us, maybe leave a message in a crop or do something else, you know, uh, and then take off. Um, We have obviously then these other two cases that I talked about are other three, and there's many more where people have seen beings or entities that are looked non-human. And uh, I I do agree with the theory that there is a group or groups of different uh, entities. And logically, it would be, you know, uh, understandable that we live in this like cosmic ocean and there's probably any number of beings that are at a different evolution in their time. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, that, that would be the most logical thing that's happening here. I do agree that, um, it's probably not the, um, you know, California woo woo crowds story of the version of this story that we're going to be saved by the galactic federation and, um, What's his name? Ashtar is going to come down and instead of speak through a bald guy putting his hands together like this, he's going to be like, hello, I am finally here and I have come to give you proper medication and bring food to the masses and shut down the jails. And, you know, I think it's not really I think that's just a whole other part of this phenomenon where you get these cult leader-esque people glomming on to something that's real to create their own following. And uh, I, I agree that like we do live in a situation right now where um, it's pretty grim. You know, we we're living in a more prison planet style reality. Right. And um, like I said before, humans are programmable just like computers. You just have to get them to believe you. And um I think that the um, the 
the nicest things that we've had done for us throughout our history involving the UFO intervention is possible messages saying nuclear weapons are fucked. Don't use them, you know, you know, in, in my words, not in yeah, their words, no, absolutely. but through their actions. Well, they shut down. Yeah. Yeah. They shut down nuclear uh, base like silos and, and, uh, I think uh, Lieutenant Jacobs said he witnessed a dummy warhead being shot out of the sky. You know, this is all messaging. Crop circles are messaging the ones that are not made by us. Um, and I think there is compassion from, you know, uh, from cosmic neighbors. And compassion is something that uh, people can, you know, unempathetic humans that may not have that part of their brain developed or damaged, they may immediately label compassion as some kind of feminine or uh, ridiculous feeling that humans use, but it's what makes us different from like animals, you know, and even, even, even animals seem to have compassion, right? certain animals, probably not a shark, but, uh, you know, that's what makes us human. And, uh, to your other thing, uh, the way that this whole disclosure thing is happening with using Tom DeLong, uh, that is the human version. And it's where we are in history that we, we could like, I would prefer uh, you know, that maybe Elon Musk was the person that was holding the podium on this disclosure process. Um, I, I never listened to Blink-182. I was listening to like you Gangstar out, and stuff back then. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, I, I mean, that's just what we, that's what, what the powers that be thought was the uh, solution. And that's where we are. You know, there we're talking about a bunch of like 60 year old men that are working in the department of defense that see a rock star that's interested in this. And they're like, we should use him. Yeah. He's down with the kids. That's the best we got. Mm-hmm. He's down with the kids, you know, maybe he'll put it on his Instagram and that will get us where we need to be. You know, that's just what, that's the best we have. And it's depressing, but it's still going to get us to where we need to be, I think, which is eventual disclosure. And then we can start lobbying for, you know, this and that. Okay, can we have some of this? And if they push us back and say no, well, at least we know, like, it's true. We're not alone. It's it's just being part of the initiated, like you gentlemen, you've been looking at the phenomena for a long time. You know the history of this, you know, where, where the government stance is on it, you know, Project Project Blue Book, you know, with the, with the um, Robertson panel, as we talked about. But with things like that, with us not being psychologically ready for it, which is what the Robertson panel contended and with the uh, radio broadcast made everybody lose their damn minds. You know, I mean, this this is the concern. And I understand that. The, you know the how long ago that, that was? Do you know how long ago? Well, that it was, was a, and 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 then here's the question. Then I mean, what does this look 80 like? Eighty years ago, right? What? Well, what does this look like then? With the when the president or whoever stands up and says, "Okay, uh, we're not alone. We've been visited. We've been visited forever. We just didn't think you guys could handle it." Uh, what's the next move? No, he's not going to say that. How would the president say? 
what I expect is about to happen is we're going to get congressional and the hearings are going to be substantial. They're going to be the real thing, finally. We've been trying to get them for 60 years. Can't, couldn't do it, but that's changed. I think the witnesses are being lined up. I think the Congress is being briefed, or at least the proper people. And the first opportunity, well, hopefully sooner than later, we'll get these hearings. Once that testimony gets out there under oath to the world, it's over. Uh, and it, it more, it's not just it's over. It's just that hearings like that, at that level, with many witnesses, particularly military, will then make it possible for the president to appropriately conclude that, well, it seems to be clear that it's an ET presence. The evidence points to that. And, I'm gonna, and, I, and I've done some discussions internally with the Department of Defense and concluded that, yes, the extraterrestrial presence is the answer, is the explanation. And that will be disclosure. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. And I, it, it's not about t- telling us anything other than there's ETs here. That is disclosure, as I define it. And I, I, that's, that's it for me. That's the answer. And people can have other, other definitions of disclosure, fine. But I'm not, I'm not trying to get their definition of disclosure. I'm trying to get mine. Uh, and so that's disclosure. And, then, and, and it's straightforward. People will handle it quite well. All that stuff, we can handle it as nothing but government propaganda. It always was. Uh, so so, so that, it's, that, it's that pretty much straightforward. But let me get back to your problem. You, you are coming from a syndrome it's called the what if, why not syndrome. It's brutal and it's going to drive you crazy. Okay. It's the possibilities. So let me try to use a. I, well, I know everything has possibilities. So let me give you an example. Darcy just got married. By the way, I, I'm not married. Just so I mentioned that. The point is, is that let's imagine you were about to get married. If you're already married, married again. doesn't matter. So you, 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 you've got a wedding arranged about a week out. And you're sitting there in the dark and you go into the what if, why not syndrome. Right, or why syndrome? What if, what if she she has felony convictions in the past? What if her my mo- new mother-in-law to be is a serial killer? What if she doesn't love me? What if she just wants me for my money? And on and all of these are possible. By the way, you probably why you, did she do this? And why did she? You do probably this? shouldn't get married. Actually, all those except no, for the right. doesn't love me is true, and I went with it anyway. I went ahead and went through with it. <laughs> That's good. There There's only one off the, So what on I'm trying to say is. If, yeah. if, if you if you want to stay sane and you want to get on top of this, don't invest too much time in all these what ifs. Focus on what is happening, what actually is happening that you can see and you're getting information about and what we know specifically. And leave the what ifs to, I don't know, the philosophers or something. Now, that, I'm not saying that the odd what if doesn't turn in, doesn't turn up. But if, if a scientist were to try to say, oh, look, I'm going I'm to get into string theory, right? But I'm not really going to focus on what we know about string theory. I'm going to think about all of the what ifs about string theory. And there's several hundred thousand of them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worry about that, including what if the funding will dry up? Or what if the government will come and get what? Don't do that. Right? But, I mean, now, this, this is not your fault. It's the government's fault. The, gov- the truth embargo was designed to put us in a certain state of mind from confusion, um, cognizant diffidence, dissidence, not really knowing what's going on, so trying to guess, right? And so forth and so forth. Confuses, distract us, all of that. They're very good at it, and they've been doing it for 70 years. So it's not easy to travel this path. I'm trying to be helpful here. The government doesn't have me tied up in knots, I assure you. I'm way past that, right? I react to what happens. And I judge it on its face until I have a reason to judge it otherwise. 
Elizondo is what he says he is until I have reason to believe he's not. Rather than speculating about what might be and putting out a bunch of internet tweets and so forth, if he, right, was part of the assassination of uh, uh, Diem in, in Vietnam back in 72. What if he was, what if he helped overthrow Pinochet? And on and on and on. No, 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 no. By the way, the government no longer really has to inflict this on us. The internet, God bless it, is designed to do it. Not maybe intentionally, but it's designed to any concept and smear it out, particle effect, so that nobody has the slightest idea where the head's going or what it really is. The internet is a curse and a kind of focus on the blessings and avoid the curses. Many of my friends on Twitter and Facebook, though, I'm afraid, are not so successful at that. Of course so, not. <laughs> with that in mind, ask me a very specific question. I, I will. I, I, I'm going to just address one thing, and then we're going to move on from this altogether. Um, I, number one, uh, I want to... Okay. Number one, I want to one thank thing. You. I, well, well, I'm going to I'm going to answer a couple of things that you said. Number, uh, so I am a bit of a philosopher in a sense, and the reason is is because I do a show called Expanding Reality. I don't do a show called yes. This Is What Aliens Are. That's um, true. What that we do true. here that is, is that we speculate wildly. We take everybody's opinion and we discuss these ideas as human beings and adults. Uh, you know, and I want to say that I really appreciate getting a chance not only to talk to you guys, but to talk to you specifically about this. This is one of these things where at face value, it's easy to, to say this is exactly what it is. Now, I'm again, I speculate wildly. I love the what if game. It does not keep me up at night. It keeps me curious and wondering and going down these avenues of possibilities, which that's what that's what Fair it's enough. all about for me. Now, uh, to the other point. <clears throat> if I've got many reasons not to trust the government whenever they say this is what things are and not to take the government's anything at face value. Uh, you've got countless reasons and I'm, we could sit here all and have a whole show on that alone. Uh, but but I know the, I know most of them. I, I like, though, that it's kind of I like that it's comforting um, to to be so this directive focused with it. And I, and I can appreciate that. I love that because yeah, man, I, I think that that's a big check on a big box that says the government's, yep, ETs are real and they're here. My next thing is what does the next step look like? Do you think those are going to be riding in the streets or do you think, no. uh, you know, do you think this fabric of society is going to be fine? No. I mean, yes. Okay. Okay. See, those are specific questions. I love yes, sir. Okay. Well, um, then what do you think? Um, okay. Then do you think once the government says ETs are real, um, they're here and they have been for a really long time, uh, do you think that they'll then, I don't know, are they going to shine a bat signal in the sky and say, hey, we told everybody you guys can come no. down now? No. You don't no. think that there'll be any I type can, of interaction can, from there? I have a pretty good idea what'll happen. Uh, and I've been asked this question probably 5,000 times. First, you got disclosure. That has to happen. You can't get anywhere, be, be it further than that. You can't get further on this subject without having disclosure. So once, it, once, the, once the ET presence is confirmed, which I think could happen midway through things that I believe are coming, um, well, now, those what-if questions, yeah. Probably thousands of them coming from all directions. Fine, no problem there. But there will be the resources and the attention to at least try to resolve them. You ask them now, it's not going anywhere. But post-disclosure. So what's going to happen post-disclosure? A couple of things. One, 
the media, desperate for eyeballs and likes and page views and money, will immediately sign up with us. Right? I mean, they will sign up with us. And Darcy will get a lot of interviews. And I'll get a lot of interviews. Your podcast uh, will increase and the total number of views and all that kind of stuff. But the media will be on our side. There's no way the media is going to, okay, ETs are here, right? It's been confirmed. But we're not going to ask any tough questions. We're just going to give them a couple of decades of slack. No, they're going to be on our side wanting to know everything along with us. And they wanted to know it now because it's stories, it's money, it's everything. So now it's the media, the whole vast media complex. I'm not necessarily in the military times and the army news, but certainly the vast major mainstream and the, and, and the world's people, several billion of us, looking right at their head of state. There's 200 roughly of them, heads of state out there, heads of sovereign territories. And they're, they're going to be saying, okay, what do you got? What do you know? What are you going to tell us? And here are our questions. Here's a list. All right. And so what will happen is these governments will have to, they'll have no choice, but to, to and they may have already devised a lot of this. I, I know that there's been test runs on this. They will start coming up with an information process in which they start telling us things that they, they are coming comfortable certainly releasing initially that won't be make them look too bad whatever they'll they'll want to do it kind of slow we'll want to do it very fast and there'll be a as i've said many times there'll be a tug of war you know you know what do we want disclosure when do we want it now what do we want uh et technology when do we want it now the government's going to be look we, we this is a lot of stuff we, we need time let's we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're with you but so so it's going to be a tug and there'll be a middle ground where we will get some information on a somewhat consistent basis that will constantly keep us in front of our TVs and the media happy, right? And those stories, that's what's going to happen. And now, and it's going to happen is that the media, I think it can't not do this. And maybe even this probably more than any other institution in the country will be forced since the government can't just dump it all out to go and review every bit of the research done without in the, in the, the core stuff done by the research activists in this field going back to 1950 they're going to research it all all the books stan friedman you name it they're going to look at it all it's they're going to go on the assumption it's legit and then see what they can gather from that so that's going to be great great that i can't tell you how much so that'll be going on meanwhile of course uh the uh, uh more witnesses are going to come forward and more hearings will go on. The hearings on the subject will probably go on the rest of the year. If we get, they probably will still be going on by Christmas, assuming disclosure takes place. So that's what you can expect. Great news, a lot of ratings. It's gonna be the most extraordinary time in history. And it's gonna be great. I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm I'm optimistic as well. I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. I'm just skeptical. That's all. I but I'm but I'm very hopeful. Okay. I I don't want that to get lost in the conversation. Um. But so, do you think that this theory that um you know because let's say that we did have some treaties or some pacts with UFOs or with uh, extraterrestrials, which I don't know why we what would. If, I don't know. Well, that's the uh, the evidence. There's no is, evidence for it. the the evidence. There's that, evidence for it. If the evidence is for it, I'll I'll, I'll say it. Just the evidence is not there. 
a whole bunch of speculation and what ifs on that, but no evidence of a formal treaty with any ETs in any government. Okay, even the, the so-called Granada. Well, you got it. Send it to me. Well, there's, is it the Edwards Air Force yes. Base? Okay, so that's, look, I'm a filmmaker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a documentary about a filmmaker, a guy who is literally, yeah, Emanager. he made Hollywood films. He's even, you know, he's a well-developed human being. I'm just one sort of. I'm a dog and pony show, but basically this guy was privy and exposed to a UFO being shot on 16 millimeter millimeter film by the military. And it lands at Edwards air force base. The occupant who has, I guess described as grayish colored skin, silvery eyes, Mm -hmm. has a humanoid nose, like a beak, like mine, uh, (laughs) walks up to a military commander with like a scepter and he's wearing kind of a helmet type thing and basically does the, you know, take me to your leader type of, uh, Mm. no, I'm just saying he, he, he gestures this way and then they go off and have a, a meeting in a private room. Okay. And, you know, I believe that story because that story is exactly what you would expect when you come to a planet. You're not. And if you're an intelligent race that's examining us and looking at our power structure, you're probably going to like go to the strong arm to the folks that are actually running the planet national security wise. And you're going to say, let's talk to them because they're in power longer than the president. You know, and they seem to know more about what's going on around the planet based on what they're doing in space secretly, what they're doing on the ground secretly, underground secretly, and they're not exposing that to the public. So let's go talk to them. And there's even allegations that President Eisenhower had a private meeting in the 1950s, right? That's that Granada I also. But that's not yeah, allegedly, I, allegedly, I, allegedly. But we, we would, Stephen, we would never have that evidence until we they have wanted a, us to have it. Darcy, we have redact- a lot of evidence for stuff that's solid. All right. And so that you, you talk about that for sure. But we don't have evidence confirming any treaties. The landing at Edwards, which is what Gordon Cooper saw. Right. Yes. Yeah, something out of that craft. And 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 and, and there were some officials on the ground. We do not know if they went at a meeting in a room. That's not been shown, right? It wasn't part. It of might. Film. It might not be Edward, Ed, uh, Edwards. Edwards Air Force Base. It's. I know the case. It's, it's another right. one that I'm talking about. I think. No, no, we're we're talking about the same case. But I don't Gordon. think Gordon. I don't. I don't. Gordon Cooper was associated. Yeah, I can help. I can help. So, uh, Gordon Cooper was Edwards Air Force Base. That's where they did take the picture of the craft that landed uh, allegedly uh, three gear lying down. Uh, he was very descriptive about it. He was ordered to send it off. He sent it off, never to be seen again. The Emenegger, Robert Emenegger, that you're talking about, he made a documentary in '74 called "UFOs: Past, Present, and Future." That took place at Holloman. Yes. Holloman Air Force Base. Holloman Air Force Base, which, and that which had was, a film. Okay. Well, not just which, a picture. which which was okay, you, uh, you, the? You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You threw me there a loop there, but I, you, 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 I got used, okay. but yes. Two Just cases, Edwards, Holloman, all right? Yeah. I, it's similar, by the way, somewhat similar, right? And that thing came out of the craft. 
But uh, let me tell you, as a, as a political activist, right, involved in trying to resolve this issue, I'm sensitive to the things which can damage our ability to move forward on this and create narratives that could be a problem. For instance, ET getting out of a craft and talking to a human is not shocking. We know that they contact humans all the time, right? But uh, not on an Air Force base, per se. Though, do they get military people? You bet they do. They abduct all kinds of people, right? So, but that is not a treaty. And why is that important? Because if there was evidence for actual formal relationship between any government and ET, a treaty, which means some sort of understanding quid pro quos, the exopolitical implications are huge. And if that is in play, I assure you, the what ifs just stack up, right? Which and was we the reason I was all, asking. Yeah. And, and so consequently, until I have proof of that, it's, there's, it's not there because it just... One anyway, of the that's things... The one of the and then thank you for your answer and, and uh, okay I, I like it so one of the reasons that, that that was a question that I raised because perhaps the reason that full disclosure has not taken place yet was because of this alleged treaties that they had which proves that the U.S. government were allowing uh, their citizens to be not only taken but not brought back and to be experimented on or cattle mutilations which the government never paid any money back to those ranchers for that occurring if it was in their knowledge. Now, the thing about this is, and what you hear a lot about this type of thing, is that disclosure will happen when all the people involved in it are dead. And all the people who knew about it, who were a part of this, who helped suppress and cover up, once they're all dead, because then there'll be nobody to point the finger at and say, my grandpa disappeared because of you, or we lost our ranch because the, you allowed these entities to mutilate all of our cattle. Something to that nature, right? So this is one no, of no, the, the what involved ifs. involved in the issue right up to the moment. There'll always be people alive that are connected to it. But the closer you get to the present, the less of a PR problem that connection is. As far as the, uh, the issue about uh, the, the ETs, we can't disclose it. ETs won't let us. There, there is no evidence at all that the ETs are preventing any government from disclosing. Yeah, it's a human issue. Yeah, it's it a is human more, issue. More importantly, we, we, we in, the, in this, this agreement or this uh interaction we're the douchebags we always have been and we still are because we're the useless let me let me clear here i do not think that the esteemed members of the national security structure working at the pentagon cia and the navy and the air force and the army and the marines and anybody else listening to this phone call is a <laughs> we douchebag well some of them they have are, to be the odds are, are not in your favor that that's a hundred percent there's a couple of douches there's got to be a couple of douchebags there's one or two douchebags no no no, 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 no that's a no, 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 generalization you, you want to talk douchebags <laughs> you want to talk douchebags you talk politicians to me i know about douchebags in the political arena that is where the problem is. One of the things that another thing Americans are losing a little track historically. All right, one, the United States military has a record of being the most loyal military in the history of the world. No other military comes close. Mm. Two, right? It's extremely competent. It defended us against you know, nuclear weapons carrying countries. It defeated the Axis powers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But some, it has done some bad things. But in every case, with few exceptions, I'm not talking about the CIA, I'm talking about the military. Everything that you could point to, that was a bad thing. They were ordered to do by politicians in Washington, D.C. The military did not go to Vietnam to stir up trouble and create a war. They were sent there little by little. It's the same with Iraq. And I could go on and on and on. The military 
has followed orders. Now, did it, could they have pushed back at some point and said, I'm not going to follow that order? They could have, but basically, if you look at the history, wasn't quite there. Well, and anybody so they doing basically, that, they didn't have the numbers. Yeah, they didn't have the numbers. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the military, if you want to, the distrust, and by the way, I should also mention that trust in government and military and so forth has been extremely well chronicled and archived. Pew Research is one of the key organizations. You can go to Pew Research and you can find the trust numbers for the Congress and the president and the military going back 60 years. The military has always had a tri- higher trust level than any other institution of government. Because right? people don't do their so, research. And, 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 no, no, because it's justified, right? So, it has, so, so people are thinking the military lies, the military lies, and the military is the problem. The politicians are the problem. That's something I know a lot about. We, we have an extraordinary dysfunctional political system that started decaying in 64, really sped up around 1990, right? We do not have an extraordinary dysfunctional political system. We have Better had abuses in, in intelligence community. We, have, we, have, we had some abuses yeah. in the intelligence community, which is not the military. And in most cases, those abuses were sanctioned by the politicians. Few rogue operations, no question about it. Plenty of reform is needed, right? But again, once things get warped out of perspective in the historical reality, then it gets harder and harder to get something done, right? For instance, we just had an experience for four years. So you have a government that is saying that the entire mainstream media is nothing but fake news. That makes it a lot harder to do things. Okay, so I I, I want to get stories about the ET issue into the New York Times, and I've done it right. So you work your ass off to do that, and the article appears, and a big portion of the country now says, "I don't believe it; it's fake news." So what can I say? This is not an easy path, and these are the but, kinds of things. That make but like problem. even even Fox News covered the you know yeah. Nimitz and TikTok, and they had Fravor on and. Uh, yeah. And 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 people believe on both sides. Not their fake news is it's real thing. There is fake news, but it's it's also been blown out of proportion. I agree. Yeah. And um, yes. uh, like to say the least. all all I gotta say like is that you know to your point, Brandon, with the do we wait till they're all dead? The ones that would oppose this story. Um, that is never going to happen because there's whenever somebody delivers a story, just like what we're talking about now, we have people crying fake news. Right. And, uh, what I do think in terms of, um, this version of disclosure is that it's going to be their version of disclosure, um, I would be very surprised if they make any admissions of guilt and things that they've done in the past to suppress the truth. If they do that, I'll be very happy that they do that because it will at least vindicate that they that a lot of this stuff they've been keeping from us from a long time. But here's the thing. You know, you look at all this documentation that's come into the Black Vaults through Freedom of Information Act, right? And they are still redacting about 
everything in the document except for one sentence that has nothing to do with the UFOs, right? <laughs> there was a dog. So, like, <laughs> the, yeah, there uh, I've uh, burped. Sorry, I don't know why I wrote that. The rest is redacted, you know. <laughs> and it's like, um, it's it's incredible that they can get away with that, but they can claim it's national security. It's a and it, that that's the only version of the story where this goes like really bad where they they cry but here's the thing we are at the precipice of major space travel coming you know we've got every time that a president has taken the podium and said we're going to mars we're going to build them uh you know uh, a base on the moon every time that that has happened the date has come and passed and we know that there's two things that are happening here maybe somebody pulled poor old uh bush jr in and said hey uh we actually have a base on the moon or they just said hey george you want to go play golf yeah okay let's go play golf and he totally forgot that he even made that uh you know that part of his podium to land on Mars by 2020. And here we are, 2021, we're apparently not there yet. And Tesla, or sorry, SpaceX is probably the most widely um, accepted candidate to land us there and start a colony. Now, I think that part of this disclosure event is prepping not you and I, because obviously you're even more prepped than me. I fucked up the Holloman uh, oh, base okay. story. It's okay. But, it's okay. It's a lot of But they are like prepping the mainstream masses. They're prepping the Kardashians. Okay. They're not prepping us because we're going to be skeptical the whole way that this narrative gets given to us. Just like the release of the Pentagon videos. You know, I, I, I was vindicated and I loved it. And I turned to a lot of people that threw me under the bus for believing in this for a long time and said, there you go, idiot. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you're wondering what's their real plan down the road. And I think maybe if we are going to space, if we're planning to actually send people to Mars to colonize it, there, if they know that the mainstream is going to be involved in that and it's no longer going to be a military operation that's going to space, they are probably trying to get us ready for what we're going to be experiencing out there. You or, know? or we find on Mars or we find on the moon that, that we knew is already there, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What exactly. If, right? like, it's like you can control what's coming to Earth – Right. But once we leave this atmosphere, it's like the Wild West. We're in their world. You yeah, know, we're in there. We and just jumped we're in, in their, their world. Pond. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is where they're like, OK, if if we're at this point of AI and we know that eventually we're going to be sending masses of amounts of people into space, we really have to just like come out with it already. We'll control the narrative for a long, as long as we can. But once we get to space and they're on Mars and Elon's running that colony, you know, we'll let him run it as far as he thinks can. Then we'll see what happens. And if we start meeting some other races on that planet and so on and so forth, so be it. 
Like it's off, it's, it's out of our control at this point somewhat. Yeah. And I'm all about disclosure. Like I said, I, I, I want to reemphasize that that sounds awesome. Uh, let's do it. I'm, I'm fine with just tell us those ETs. Absolutely. That would be so cool because God, could you imagine the water cooler talk the next day? It wouldn't be about who won the whatever, what happened on the real housewives of whatever. It would be, holy shit, guys, check this out. Little green men or, oh my God, what are the possibilities? I think it's just going to open people's mind to possibilities and to ask those hard questions, which I'm For all sure. about. Right. Stimulate that conversation. Yeah. The only thing I can say about it is from our perspective, all three of us, we know that it's going to be riddled with per, uh, perception management. And I think that that's the big thing is why are they telling okay, us what you, they're telling us? Okay. You're right. And let, me, let me speak to that. Let me speak to that. We got, we're, we're short on time here. So let me try to get this out. Sure. Uh, when, it, when it comes to a major, how would you say, event, uh, particularly, you know, that, particularly if it involves revealing, revealing event, which happened, meaning we, we have a press conference and we, we're going to give you the information about what happened on 9-11, right? And that kind of thing, whatever. There's been a lot of those. There's two, there's two aspects. There's content, and then there's delivery or methodology. Both of them are important. If the content is false, you're going to have some serious problems, right? And, and if, but if the methodology is bad, you're going to have some serious problems. I'll try to give you a really raw analogy. Okay, you've been in a relationship uh, with a, a, a member. Well, I'll try to make this gender neutral. You've been in a relationship with a member of the opposite sex for a good while. You're very close, and then one day, you just lose it at a party one night, and you have a an affair with just a one night with a, another person. And ultimately, you need to. You feel I must tell my a significant other about this. Okay. There's a lot of ways you could do that, right? A lot of ways. One bad way would be to say, look, there's a video I need you to see. And it's a video of you with the woman, right? In a motel somewhere. You see, that would be bad. All right, so let me, let me be clear. The entire disclosure process, which, by the way, includes the T to the Stars Academy coming out and everything that's happened since, the last three years is the most intense uh, disclosure process we've ever been in. And I know it, I think I know where it's going is about content and methodology. The content so far has been okay. And, and we would have gotten a lot more, but the political situation became extremely volatile and uh, disruptive. And so it slowed everything down, but still, and it made it harder, but still, it's, it's been okay. The methodology has been okay too, uh, and has emphasized national security and threat. Or potential threat, not to be not to be surprised about that. The the, the congressional hearings disclosure itself again will be handled in a way that makes the government look as good as it can look under the circumstances. It's going to do it in a way that is favorable to the government. I am perfectly fine with that, as long as they don't lie. And so you can expect that. Call it manipulation if you want. But that's what you do. That's, that's what anybody, any reasonable person is going to do. Now, they could go overboard, but overall, it'll be a public rel- and, and, and And by the way, I believe most of what we've been seeing the last years is, in fact, a public relations program. It's not uh, a program like, wow, we, we, we started investigating UFOs in, 19, in 2008. 
And aren't you excited about that? Well, no, because you've been investigating the phenomena since 1947. So that's meaningless. All right. So why are you telling in this? Why is it out there? Because it's public relations to let people know we tried again in 2008, 9, 10, 11. Yeah. I mean, like if if they had come out in 2017 and said to the Stars Academy's videos are real and um, we've known about them visiting our planet since 1947. If they made that admission, if they did that, that would have been the right thing to do. But I, I still believe that if there's any possibility that there might not be disclosure this year, because even, you know, you watch the movie Phenomenon and Senator Harry Reid, you know, uh, they were engaging with insiders that were releasing them information. And one gentleman got fired and they spent, you know, a million dollars in court to get his job restored because the military industrial complex does not want this story out. So I don't Obviously, know. Obviously, part of the military intelligence complex does want this story out, and that's okay. what matters. Yes. What also matters is that in the three years that this has been ongoing, I, I don't know about this court case, somebody screwed up, whatever, but what's happened to Chris Mellon? What's happened to Elizondo? What's happened to Rap? What's happened to Khan? What's happened to, to uh, 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 you know, the other guys? All, the initial 10 and the three or four more, nothing. All right, there's been no intervention. They haven't been contained. They can be pulled back at any time. They haven't been, which means two things. One, the support behind them is sufficient that no one else in the larger military complex is in a position strong enough to reach out and stop it, which means that in addition to the group that is backing them, the ones that are giving them the, 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 um, uh, the ability to do what they're doing, there's an even larger group that's not connected at all to this other group that's fine with it, but not going to say anything. So we do not know to, the, to what extent the pro-disclosure element within the military intelligence complex is right now. But I have a feeling we're going to be shocked when we finally do find out. All right. So, so what am I going to be doing? What, what is my job now? Uh, it, I'm going to be very precise about it. All right. I believe that hearings could have easily happened as soon as February. However, I said that before, uh, I mean, when the, when the states uh, certified the election, once the states certified the election, it's basically a done deal in a normal universe. And so I'm thinking, yeah, it could happen as early as February. And I, and I could make a very powerful case why it should be. However, things got really bizarre <laughs> after that and stayed bizarre right up until January 20. You know, we had the insurrection, which is about the first one in, since the you know, the War of 1812, which is kind of a big deal. And then we had a second impeachment, which is kind of a big deal. And there's going to be a trial, which starts in two days or three days. That's going to go on for about the 12th. And so February is out. All right. March is still a possibility, assuming that the, there isn't another insurrection or any other crazy stuff that happens uh, in the weeks after the impeachment trial is over. But let's be, let's, I'm going to try to be reasonable and talk about April maybe mid-April, right? Spring. Oh, and there's another factor that I wasn't fully aware of back in December when I made certain pronouncements. The rise of the variants, which sounds like a side movie, doesn't it? Sounds like a cool uh, band name. The variants are, have been unleashed. I like that. There are now yeah. 660 known variants of the U.S. virus, plus the variants in Europe and South Africa. 
this is a nasty disease and we're starting to get a, a better idea of how nasty. On the other hand, the vaccination programs are coming along. So unless the variants go really ugly, which they could, but that's a what if, don't want to go there. I was about to say. We're going to have a lot of people vaccinated by April. Okay, so all of that, depending upon the vaccination schedule, we could have hearings in April. All right, so what am I going to do? It's simple. And you're going to be seeing me doing it a lot. I'm going to be doing every podcast I can get my hands on. I'm going to be doing every broadcast I can get my hands on. I'm going to be writing on Medium. I'm going to, I'm going to be doing a podcast. I've got one out. I've got the introductory out. Disclosurewire.org, by the way. And I'll be doing more podcasts. And the fundamental message to everything I'm going to be doing is to the American people. Stage has been set for hearing sooner or later. And I know what has been done. And I can tell everybody. And I have. I've already said it many times. However, I can change your mind. It can be blocked. All right? So this is the best opportunity you've ever had in your lifetime to get this done. Hearings, disclosure, bing, bang. And so I need you all to now focus. This is the Super Bowl of the disclosure advocacy movement. I need you to, it's a Twitter world, I need you to start seeing tweets to your congresspeople, your senator, right? You can find them. It's easy to do. We just do a search on it and start sending them tweets to the effect that we understand that the potential for hearings is here. We want them. We want them sooner than later. We want them this spring. We want the government witnesses in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the Congress giving testimony we've been hearing about for the last three years to, under oath to Congress, and we want it as soon as possible. Now, you may say, well, you know, Steve, you're, you're being a little bit uh, Pollyannish. Uh-uh. When I came to Washington in 2015 and delivered, well, it was, it was, it was December 2014, after just sending a, the, the full 30-hour record of the mock congressional hearing I held at the National Press Club, the Citizen Hearing on Disclosure, we sent a full 30-hour vet to every member of Congress to show them what the hearings would look like. And then I arrived in, uh, I think, December, about December or something, five, six of 2014. But in the month prior to that, and all through December and into January, using a about a 15,000 member uh, uh, Facebook group called the Disclosure Lobby, we got, a, got together with them, you know, and we launched a Twitter storm. The storm was all about, hey, you've been, you've been sent to the media and to the members of Congress. You've been sent a record of this, this mock congressional hearing. And there's going to be a lot of uh, articles about this in the Clinton campaign. Uh, we rained them down. By the end of January, we hit two and a half million tweets. Two and a half million tweets going to virtually all of the news people in Washington. Because I set up a page with the Twitter handles of all the news people in Washington and all the key Congress people we want to hit. And we rained it down on them. And they started blocking us. Not a lot, but they blocked us. We drove them nuts. Now, I'm not going to do that this time. I don't want to drive people nuts. But I want to get a whole, and I don't want to create more of a, a focus kind of thing and the same wording and things like that. No. But I'm going to start driving the American people and awaken to the fact that they now have in their hands the ability to end this 74-year truth embargo and move on with civilization. Not the civilization we've had, which is heading for nuclear war, like it's a giant in the middle of the desert, 
but a civilization, including the fact that we're not alone in the universe and we're being engaged. You can get it now, and you need to get the tweets going. You want to send letters? Fine. You want to send faxes? Fine. But tweets will do. We just had a president ran the whole goddamn country for four years, but nothing but tweets. So I'm looking for maybe 500,000 to 800,000 tweets going into news people and members of Congress as we go on, letting them know that we know that something has been underway. And we know that you sometimes change your mind and get feet of clay. We're not going to accept that this time. We want disclosure. We want it this spring. We know it starts with hearings. We want the hearings. Right? We already know most of the, many of the witnesses. We already know that the Congress is being briefed, been briefed for a year and a half by Christopher Mellon. All of this is known, and I'll be telling them that, too. And I've got the articles to prove it. And so that's what I'm going to be doing. And so put the what-ifs aside, and let's focus on the fact that for the best opportunity we've ever had to end this truth embargo and really find out what the hell is going on instead of speculating about it until we're in the ground. I've had too many, too many very good clients and friends die after working on this issue for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, because the government is playing ring around the rosy and spinning us around because they can get away with it. Now we have to put the foot down. That's what I'm going to be doing. And honestly, there's a couple of things to that. I think that you're way more optimistic in the, in the fact that the people actually have more power than we do. I don't, I don't believe that. I think we haven't been a true democracy for a long time. We've been much more of an oligarchy. 180 for- million people just voted. They don't have power. We, they, just the, they just turned. They just turned the Senate. We definitely don't have time to go into the to the what happened there. Uh, but I would love to have you back on to discuss that. But because I know you got to go. But the other thing about it is, you're way more optimistic that the government gives a shit about us, man. I don't. I don't think they feel like they owe us anything. I think they see us as useless eaters. They are there because they got lobbied there, not voted there. I believe these people are selected, not elected. And I don't think we have any role. So power you won't be this. taking your fourteen hundred dollar check. Any of that? You won't be taking any of that that one point nine billion dollar COVID money. That's a completely that separate back. issue, and absolutely, I'll take that you know, shit. That, I gotta, I will absolutely okay, take that because I work my ass off you, and my you, taxes go to that. But right. that's not what we're talking you're, about here. I think that your faith you're, no, in, you're, in your faith and the optimism that the government actually gives a shit about us is remarkable. I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's got what? a lot to do with what? why you. Wait a minute. Feel, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you familiar with the COVID bill? The COVID. The COVID bill. Are you familiar with? Do you know what's in it? I have very different opinions than this whole situation but yeah, but, but than you do. The bill is what it is. Are you saying that that bill represents a government that doesn't give a shit about us? Yeah, because they sat there and sat on it for months and months and wouldn't do it if you didn't. If these people didn't get their way and these people didn't get what they wanted in it, you, it's one vote, one bill. If they would have voted that money to the people, then I would have believed in the government. We well, didn't get that. Look, there were there there, there were, you know the, the political standoff and all the other crap going on certainly prevented it from getting done. Okay, but that's but the not point a is for the people. They tried to get it done, and now they're going to get it done. They didn't try and to so, get it done. They sat on it and they sit there and bickered between the two parties. This is the thing. This is the joke. This is the theater, and this is also why I'm very very reticent about the about hey, I'm any just a truth political activist been, been watching this stuff for 24 years you based know, in washington two blocks from the white house what do i know you know it's like <laughs> i'm just a dumb rancher from texas but uh what i will say man is i really appreciate you guys this time i know you've got to go which is the only reason we're i can stick this around i can stick around if you want to ask some other questions darcy i would i would actually because i i you want to you want darcy you want to come in late to the next show is that what you're saying I don't think oh, I'm well, on that's the next right. show. You're not in. Yeah. You're not in the 180. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're not in the one at nine, so he can stay. Yeah. Steve, 
right? So I, I, wanna, I have to go. Hey, can I, can I personally say, I really appreciate you and what you're doing. I really want to thank you for this discussion. Cause I think we, we really got to say a lot of things that I don't think a lot of people get to hear. Damn right. And okay. we got a little heat and I'm going to tell you, man, your listeners are going to love it. I don't, it's not about okay? that. It's about just, it's no. about talking about ideas, but, no, but I, I mean, will say that this I, is the kind of stuff that people want to want. That, that's, that's what gets them into it. Right. A little, a little heat, a little disagreements. That's what you want. To I, I'm a big fan of and clarity. I'm a big fan of clarity over agreement. And I think we both got what we both were able to articulate our, what, how we feel about it. And I think that that's wonderful, but Thank I you. will say, I, I would love to have you back on. If, if you'll uh, take the invite, you're welcome anytime, my man. What did I just say? I'm going to do every podcast between here and, you know, pin pin buck too. Good. Let me and, know when your schedule lines and, up. And, Let's and, do and, it. I, and if that means doing every one of them twice, I'll do that too. Right. <laughs> hey, come so on three times. No we got plenty to talk about. Short notice. Yeah. Hey, uh, look, I sometimes will come on a podcast or a show on 30 minutes notice because I'm just sitting here for calls. Let me tell you, you got, and, and a lot of people know this, I mean, you may not, but there's a whole lot of people out there that do shows and stuff going back years that know that I'm, I'm on their list like so-and-so canceled. Who in the hell are you going to get? They call me. Oh, okay. Can you come on in, in 30 minutes? Absolutely. No problem. I think that's awesome. Because I think you and, All right, I, guys, you and I, I definitely have a lot more to talk <laughs> about on this. But hey, thank you so much, honestly, for your time, sir. I appreciate it. My pleasure. I'll see you on the next one, Darcy. It won't be long. It's probably see you, days. boss. Have a good one. All right. Bye. All right. What am I going to do here? I'm going to do this. Oh, 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 oh. There we go. Okay. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Let's talk. So, um, how's it going? Good. Good. They're going. Let's Things are going for sure. So I really, I wanted to go into the, to the movie, the underground with you. This honestly took uh, a different turn than I thought, but I'll be completely honest with you. I'm absolutely happy about it. Cool. Yeah. I, I'm, glad, I think- I'm glad, I'm glad you got to have that conversation. Cause I mean, I've been having a version of that conversation with, uh, like I've probably had 20 some odd interviews uh, regarding this with Stephen Bassett and it's, it's changing. It's evolving. Uh, My opinion of what's going on uh, as we go. Um, And I think like tonight was probably the, the height of my opinion on it. So you got the best version of it for sure. You did great. I, 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 Definitely do not trust what's coming. I hope it does come, but if it, if it does come, it's going to be a version that, you know, we're going to be thinking is severely lacking. Yeah, I, I think so. But again, I mean, there's a lot of validity to the fact that it would just be nice for them to say it, you know, it would just be cool. It's kind of like, you know, just tell me you love me. That would be nice. You know, That'd yeah. be sweet when you need it. Right. Right. Um, well, my friend, can we, can we do this again soon? Honestly? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure, for sure. Well, our schedules will line back up here in the in the near future. I'm pretty booked up for the rest of the month, but uh, I definitely then I've already got all my notes for the underground. And let's just me and you sit down and talk about the underground next time. Is that fair? Let's talk about the underground. Yeah. Dude. If you want a copy of any other uh, films that I've got, just let me know, and um, I'll send them your way. And you can we can talk about more than the underground. We can talk about other stuff too. Um, yeah. And I appreciate the name of that. Like literally the name of your podcast, me completely with, uh, my, my intention with these documentaries too, is to like, to 
bring people in on a different sort of story to what's really going on here on in the pl- on the planet. Yep. And uh, it, it's it's hard work because like you'll miss in a lot of the documentaries that I do, I try to feed slowly the idea until until <clears throat> it expands to a grand idea, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, because it has to be like a drip. You can't just there's so many of these documentaries out there that just assume everybody that's tuned into it understands the UFO phenomenon completely or understands the Bigfoot phenomenon completely. And just want some wacko to go on the camera and be like, this is what happened to me and it's all real. Right. And <laughs> it's like, butt. yeah, yeah. Like whatever. Right. And it just, it can't be that way. Like there's, people that just aren't exposed to this. And I want, I want like everybody to have a taste of what it's like to understand some of this stuff. It's really, I mean, when I first got into this, I was 20 years old. I'm 36 now. And like, I almost didn't go to work. Like I, I was so close to just like giving up because I was like, so frustrated with um, how menial and boring our existence really is uh, based on the system that we live in. It's soul sucking. You know? I'll be honest like with Like the you. fact yeah. that it's so soul sucking. Yeah. Like, and I was working for an insurance company back then. So like, but yeah, you have to, that's the uh, system though, man. But you found a way to break out of that system and to do something with your art, which is what I'm, what I'm working on here. So yeah. And you're doing a good job, you know, and there's more of that, like to come, obviously you've got a really good voice and you stood up to, uh, express your thoughts. And I, I mean, in your own way, you're an activist because you even said the system, you know, is not for the people it's for the corporations and it's for the like lobbyists and the 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 interest the the real money making interests that run the, the United States, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I meant it when I said I'm I'm really if that's what the aliens are and they're here to help them, they're doing a pretty shit job and they're going with the wrong team. You know, I mean, if they're into the all into the working with the military industrial complex, well, they definitely don't have our fucking best interests at heart, man. And if they're here to help, uh, it's more of an enslavement at that point, which makes me draw those conclusions. That's why. And I'm not the only one that says stuff like that, but it, it is. Yeah, um, no. Thank you for the, I'm not going to let agree. you go on that um, good voice thing. I really appreciate that, dude. Thank you. It's all the mic, dude. I really talking to like 10 <laughs> registers higher than this. <laughs> I, yeah, I, oh my I, God. I, I I love this man. This has been awesome. I'm gonna have to shut it down though. Um, so let's sure. uh, let's yeah, do this. I'll let you go. Well, uh, don't hang up yet because I uh, we'll do. Let's do a sign off and then don't hang up. Okay. So for the listeners, uh, where can they find you, big guy? Talk talk to me, Goose. What do you got? Just just go to my website www.ocoldjourneys.com. You can see my film trailers there, posters. Click on the poster. It'll take you to a page where you can watch it. Many of them are free if you have Amazon Prime. Um, Tubi TV, there's a few of them there. And uh, yeah, I'm just weird on Facebook and Instagram. You can add me. Um, and uh, yeah, it's all good. You're a great dude. Great director. Thanks. Great human Thanks. being. Congratulations on getting on the recent marriage. It's awesome. Being married's dope. You'll Thanks, like it. Dude. Yeah. You seem like you got a good yeah. one. So uh, if you're ever in Texas, yeah, man, come on by. Good. 
We got we got a twelve acre ranch, yeah. bunch of animals and stuff. Come hang out with us. You guys would love it. Six sounds good. Um, I'll take you up on that, man. Definitely. Okay. Again, don't hang up yet. But I will link all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, thank you guys so much, and um, thanks for listening, Darcy. Thank you, sir. Cheers, brother. Take care of yourself. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been an awesome episode. Uh, if you like it, share it around. Uh, big thanks to Darcy Weir and Stephen Bassett for coming on the program and discussing the disclosure movement, what that looks like, all facets. We're trying to figure it all out, guys. Uh, we do hope that the U.S. government or any government in the world uh, officially comes out and, and offers disclosure to the people. Like Darcy said, it'd be a step in the right direction, and I think that that's incredibly accurate. Stephen Bastet's been in the game for a long time. He is a legend. I stick to that. I think what he is doing is wonderful, and I think that the disclosure movement is highly important. Um, it, it was good to talk to these gentlemen about the differences and what that's going to look like, uh, some skepticism on the part of people who have been wronged by their government for a long time, but uh, it is important to get these ideas out there and to talk about them openly, and these guys were uh, absolute pros in discussing that, so I want to I want to thank them both deeply, bottom of my heart, guys. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you can find us at all the places that you find podcasts, as well as Instagram there at Expanding Reality podcast you can get us uh on the facebook there twitter uh any any way that you can reach out to us as well as if you've got any questions comments uh observations anything like that please address them to expanding reality podcast at gmail.com look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and thank y'all so much for listening again i be good to each other Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.